And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Bears of You Show. I'm your host, Rahul Ramachandran, here with my co-host, Ricky Bott, ready to give you some insight into draft season. It's my favorite time of the year. Ricky, I'm sure it was, as a, at least last year, ranking these quarterbacks was your favorite because we got a stud in the draft. And mm-hmm. uh, honestly, Which I, you were I, wrong about, maybe. Which I, I was wrong about. Um, my 2021 rankings, I had Justin Fields number six which uh, I, I had some serious questions about him, and he proved me wrong year one. He looks like he's going to be an absolute superstar. So it just goes to show you the rankings I got right now. It's the top six guys in the draft, the, the, the six guys that everybody really uh, knows about the most. And uh, even if I got some critiques about a guy and I got some questions, I've been wrong before. I was wrong last year. I could be wrong this year. I'm root again. I want these guys to shit on me. I want these guys to just crap all over me. I want these guys to be absolute ballers at the next level. Okay. It's nothing personal against them. I don't even know these guys. I've seen interviews of them a little bit. And based on those interviews, I love each of their personalities. So I hope these guys absolutely ball out, crap all over me, regardless of my football thoughts about them. So with that, how are you doing? How's your week? Well, um, it's it's been pretty good. I mean, I've been pretty busy, but you know, I'm just hanging in there. And um, you know, the thing that's been keeping me afloat is watching movies and watching lots of movies. Exactly. We've been we've been movie guys. We've been communicating a lot about those movies over these past couple of weeks. I was actually planning on watching one tonight. I was gonna pick one out of your list, but then I saw Bulls Bucks was on, and the game was pretty good. So I was like, all right, let me see this thing through so yeah that was, yeah i mean i don't really me. watch nba regular season you know right it, it's yeah. just too like one-dimensional now it is especially right. three-point contest exactly it's just a three-point league the more shooters you got the better you are although it's kind of surprising that a guy like Giannis is dominating in a three-point rhythm league but that's uh, i don't think it's that surprising you know because the lane is wide open and there's that's no one true. touching him so that's true <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got shooters around him guys like to play in that pace and space type game, you got to be skinnier. You got to be faster. Giannis is more of a power guy, although he somehow has phenomenal speed and jumping ability and overall athleticism for a guy his size. But uh, yeah, Giannis is great. Yeah, Giannis is phenomenal. Can't say enough about him. But uh, yeah, it's midterm season. So of course, we've all been busy, but we're still figuring out a way to get this content out to you guys. We're still putting these rankings together because it's draft season and it's just what we do. So with that being said, Ricky, any final statements, anything you want to say before we knock out these six guys? Yes. One thing I want to say in keeping with the traditional intro, hello, Windy City. What's doing? What's happening? We are we back. Go. It's episode 16 of the Bears Review Show. I'm, I'm hyped. Are you? I, I'm just as hyped as you are. And uh, yeah, we got to get that intro out of the way. We got to get the classic closing as we do at the very end. And let's kick this thing off. Number six quarterback in the Rahul Ramachandran 2021, uh, 2022 NFL quarterback draft rankings is Desmond Ritter, University of Cincinnati. Okay. Uh, First off, give me your thoughts on Desmond Ritter. What do you kind of see? I know you watched some highlights of him. So just give me the gist of it. Well, the things I see, like um, I know you like to mention the mechanics and throwing motion, you know, and some things I've noticed is that Ritter has slightly elongated motion, just like, uh, you know, Justin Fields, like you said last year, and um, he's got a thin frame. He's not really that elusive. Um, But one thing I will give him is um, his work ethic and leadership, like Justin Fields last year. And I think that's uh, a big plus point for him. I think he um, he processed the game at a high level, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. For the first real prospect we've done together, we are basically on the same page here. Okay, listen, Desmond Ritter, there are a lot of things I like. The athleticism, okay? He can run. He's a big-time runner. That is a real aspect to his, to his game, okay? The NFL game nowadays is going towards those running quarterbacks. He's going to uh, have that translate to the next level. His size, particularly his height, is special, okay? Six foot four, size is a skill because it allows you to really throw over people and throw over the top of people instead of having to do the Mahomes, Rogers, Josh Allen, sidearm, lasers, although, you know, that's necessary nowadays as well, at least to a certain extent. But it gives you a big advantage over maybe some of the smaller quarterbacks, like a Tua Tagovailoa, 
or some of the other guys we've got that I'm going to talk about here where size is a disadvantage to their game. Now, like you mentioned, he does need to thicken out a little bit. Okay. He's 216 pounds. Um, he's got a frame to where I look at it and I go, he'll be able to add some weight to it and add some size. But of course, you never know if a guy can really fill out and thicken out until he does. So it's not too big of a concern, but especially early on when he's going to be taking those hits, that's something that I think he really needs to add to, to his mm -hmm. game. Like uh, Trevor Lawrence last year, I, I think he was like 216 pounds. I said, I mean, I read your article um, right. and uh, you said that he needs to thicken up a bit. And I think the same can be said for Desmond Ritter here. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, yeah, that was really one of my only quote-unquote concerns with him is that he needs to fill out a little bit. He's a little bit lengthier. Um, but, you know, a lot of guys have done that. A lot of guys have started off skinny, filled out. It's just kind of the thing from going from a college boy to a man at the NFL level. But I want to break down Ritter's mechanics right now, okay? I got my football with me. We're going to be doing a lot of standing, a lot of that live demonstrations here. All right, I'm ready. So Ritter, Ritter, you mentioned the mechanics. There are a couple things that I want to point out. Okay, first off, things he does well. Okay, his feet, you see that right there? Let's get that. Yeah, right. you can see that. His feet are always underneath him. Okay, that I absolutely love. Ritter, he's got great feet. His back leg never leaves the framework of his body. It's always underneath that shoulder. He can be a little bit of a long strider at times, but at the NFL level, that's correctable as long as you can kind of stay on a guy's ass about that and really make sure that he's shortening up that stride, not getting too much movement in the lower body. That'll be good. He always stays on the balls of his feet, which I love. Okay, it enables you to kind of just hey, go from one to two to three, back to two, back to one. It enables you to, you to do that efficiently and then just fire a ball rather than, you know, a guy like Justin Fields that at times has this issue where he can stagnate a little bit. And now you just got to muscle it up, all arm in there, and it yeah. becomes really, really tough. You can't throw as powerfully. You're not as accurate, okay? But so I like that about Okay, definitely. But some of the things that I look at as his flaws, it, I don't know if they're necessarily correct. Okay. The first thing is the elongated motion, like you mentioned. He can let his arm get a little too long. It's one of the things that it is the essence of his mechanics, as I like to call it, is that long arm. And the other thing, even more than the long arm, is the independent, uh, is the uh, what I call an independent contractor aspect to it. Okay. He can lock out the entire body and then just throw all arms. So if you look at me here, normally you watch like a Brady or a Rogers. It's always just a great turn of the shoulder. Let me just uncork like that. Whereas with Ritter, it's a little bit more of just, hey, let me lock out the entire body and then just throw all arms. Okay, and when you do that, his sequencing in the right arm is off. Okay, like I mentioned with a Brady or a Rogers, when you turn that shoulder, okay, I got a board behind me, I'm getting my elbow here. When you turn that shoulder, right? The forearm typically stays above that elbow consistently, and that's what you need for, for accuracy. It's what allows you to throw from those tight pockets and be as efficient as possible. With Ritter, when he has that independent contractor arm, he can let his body get to kind of this position right here, right? And that forces you to, like a Justin Fields last year, have to flip the ball over and then like just kind of muffle it up from there and that you're not going to be as accurate. It leaves a lot of play up here for where you can release the ball. So those are really my, my big concerns with Desmond Ritter. Okay, I like a lot of what he brings to the table. The athleticism is, uh, is special. The uh, lower body, the lower aspect of his mechanics are special. Uh, he's got a lot of mental things that I like, okay. He can't quite, he doesn't have quite the blitz and pass protection knowledge down yet, but I can teach a guy that at the NFL level, right? I can teach a guy how to, you know, read defenses and uh, check to a certain check to a certain pass protection when you see, hey, this DB creeping up to the line of scrimmage. I can teach a guy how to do all that. What I can't teach is the mechanical portions of it, and the mechanical portions are a little bit too flawed to the point where I don't know that they're fixable. Yeah, but the thing is, I mean, he ha he had a pretty low pressure rate, so that is indicative of something, you know, is a quick process ability. And um, one more thing that you said, um, of, of course, the lower body is pretty good in terms of, uh, you know, stance-wise and all that. Um, when you said all arm, uh, it makes me think of Mitch Bisky, not going to lie, because mm -hmm. 
uh, he put all arm into it, not really yeah. integrate his hips and his uh, shoulder properly, you know? Yeah. And yeah, that's what I see. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, your guy, Mitch Trubisky, your good friend. Mitch no, Trubisky. not my guy. <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> that's one of the things that like, it's, it's tough to correct at the NFL level. It's hard to beat bad habits out of a guy when he's been so ingrained doing it the wrong way for, you know, however long he's been playing football, 11, 12, 13 years. It's tough to revert that. It's tough to revert those habits. And I like the guy. Okay. I think he has the work ethic to give him a higher chance than maybe some other guys at ironing these flaws out, but I have to believe it to, uh, to see it. Okay. He, I, he really does have to work on ironing those mechanical flaws out before I can look at him and go, Oh, wow. He's going to be a superstar. Right. Because I mean, his top end talent is high. Okay. He can be a star at the NFL level if he irons out just all of these, mechanical things that he's got going on. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so with that being said, Desmond Ritter at number six, moving on to number five. Number five is Matt Corral, University of Mississippi. Okay, give me your assessment on Matt Corral, Gar. All right, well, I think Matt Corral um, has a better throwing motion than Desmond Ritter. I think it's more compact, you know. Um, he's tall, um, he stands tall in the pocket. Um, rips a uh, consistent base. Um, but I think the thing is, like, he's, he's even skinnier than Desmond Ritter, only about 205 pounds, so he needs to bulk up. And uh, that's probably the cause of some injuries, you know? So I think he needs to work on that. Um, you know, I, I, one thing I, I'll, I'll say is that um, he needs to, you know, look past the first read more because that's what I'm seeing. He, he tends to lock onto his first read and he's not really that comfortable past the first read. And um, yeah, but his mobility is, is a plus and uh, his, mo his throwing motion is plus. So yeah. Man, two for two. We, are, we have essentially the exact same evaluation, but we haven't collaborated or anything on this. Like this is just us doing separate things and coming to the same conclusion, which I'm honestly kind of shocked at. But uh, yeah, I, again, agree with a lot of things you said, okay? Let's start with the athlete himself, okay? The mobility, he is a good athlete, okay? He's a good athlete. His size is very concerning, okay? It is very, very concerning. He's six foot 205. That is, and there's a difference between like a, a Matt Corral, six foot 205, and say another quote unquote light guy, like a my guy, Zach Wilson, who's around six two, 215, 220. There's a difference between those two builds because when I look at Zach Wilson, it's like, yeah, his weight is listed skinny, but damn, his legs and ass are like phenomenal, okay? All right. He's got an incredible right. ass. <laughs> okay, I don't mean to sound sad, but I just, you know, it's, 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 it's the truth with football players, right? Whereas with Corral, it's spindly, right? It's a lot like Josh Rosen, where the arms are very, very skinny. The legs are, like I mentioned, spindly. And it's just, there's not much thickness and flesh to him. That's a concern, especially when you pair it with the fact that he's a car crash type runner. Okay, when he when he runs, he will duck his shoulder uh, and put it down into a linebacker or a free safety, right? And when you take those repetitive hits, especially at the NFL level, you're not going to be it's not going to be sustainable. We saw that exactly. with him in college, right? He got yes, he got that big knee injury towards the end of the season, but he had multiple injury scares where he took a big hit and he was down on the ground, and I was like, oh my gosh, is this guy hurt again? I hope he's not. I mean, man, that was a brutal hit. And it's just yeah. things like that where I go, bigger, stronger athletes at the next level. I don't look at his body as one that will lend itself to putting on size easily. And it's the combination of those two things where we'll get into some of the other flaws here soon. It's the combination of those two things that I really look at and really, really worries me, okay, if I'm an NFL GM. Yeah. And, um, you know, Russell Wilson is about the same height, but yet uh, he barely gets injured. He only had like one injury this past season pretty much and uh, that's because he's uh, you know he's bigger and uh, he can take those hits and like you said um running into the linebacker or free safe josh allen can do that i mean he's big and tall and uh, he can take those hits joe burr can do it but uh, i have doubts about matt corral in that aspect yeah it's kind of the guy i haven't compared to is Tua a okay because Tua 
it was a lot of similar things. It was a small guy that actually had very similar measurables. And it was a car crash type runner where it's like a four, six, four, seven type runner in terms of 40 yard dash speed corral. I would assume I haven't looked at like the 40 yard dash times and whatnot. I don't even know if he ran the 40, but based on film, he looks to be somewhere around there. And it's just, they have the propensity to duck their shoulders to not slide, to take these massive hits and just get rocked. And I mean, we saw Tua at Alabama have that injury. He had multiple injury scares, just like Corral. It, the, it's just, it's not sustainable. It is not sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my big concern. But should we move on to, uh, to some of the positives with Corral? Sure, sure. All right. So you mentioned his mechanics. We're going to go back to uh, standing up. Let's go listing up again. Corral, a lot of things I like. Okay. In fact, in terms of pure mechanics, he probably has the most flawless mechanics of the six guys in the draft. Okay, in terms of just the pure mechanics, you look at his base, he's always got his feet underneath him. He's not a long strider, unlike Desmond Ritter. You mentioned the compactness of his motion. It's extremely concise. It's very, it's, you know, most guys throw at 90 degrees or uh, occasionally 135. Corral is like a 45-second. Okay, he is really, really compact. Okay. But, I mean, he's still able to generate phenomenal power and velocity on his throws, which, I mean, that's going to translate at the next level. Okay, He's got excellent arm strength. Um, he always generates that good shoulder turn. He finishes across the body high, which I like. So, again, his mechanics are flawless. They're going to translate to the next level. Um, I like that aspect of his game. It's just the size, and again, you mentioned the inability to to process at the moment. And it's not just it's not just the inability. I don't know that he's capable. Okay, and I'm not calling him like an idiot. I'm not calling him stupid. I'm not doing that. Okay, no, I haven't seen enough instances of him going from one to two to three, uh, just in games, for me to know that he can do it. Okay, all I've really seen is just hey, let me lock onto the first read. It's not there. Let me just either try to force it or let me, you know, make somebody miss or duck out of a tackle and then try to fit it in there somehow because I just got such a strong arm. Like, you need to show me at least a little bit for me to know that you're capable of doing it. And if I just know that he's capable of doing it, then I'll know that it'll translate to the next level and you can teach a guy how to do that, okay? I haven't seen that enough from him. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a concern for me. It is. He's a little bit more raw than uh, than I than I expected, based on what I hear from other scouts. Yeah, and um, also his mobility that is a big plus. But again, his frame that's the biggest thing. I don't think he'll reach uh, a Lamar or a, even a Justin Fields uh, running wise. No, no, those guys. Lamar is like four two eight, four two nine type speed. Fields he ran a four 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 at the combine, but when I watch him on tape, even back in college. He looked far more like a 437-438 type runner. Okay, so those guys are very, very special runners. Yeah. Corral is like a 465-47 type of a guy, which no, I don't cut it. I, I just don't see it with this kid. Again, I hope he craps all over. I hope he's an unbelievable NFL player. Okay, I really do. I'm rooting for him. I like the kid. I like the guy. Um, I think he's got the charisma to be uh, a leader. Okay. But the physical talent, as far as that goes, I just I need to see a little bit more before I can I can vault him above some of these other guys that I've got ranked above him. Um, as far as his ceiling, where do you think his ceiling ranks? Um, ceiling. Um, well, he ran a lot of RPOs, play action in college. So I, I mean, you made this comparison with uh, another quarterback on this list, but Baker Mayfield maybe. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, Baker Mayfield, um, because he runs a similar type of offense, or um, like Ryan Tannehill runs the same kind of offense as well. Jared Goff ran it in in, uh, Los Angeles. But yeah, I mean, it could be better versions of them because he has that mobility, but of course he needs to work on getting buff. (laughs) Exactly. And I mean, now that you brought up Jared Goff, honestly, that's kind of interesting because they both have similar frames. Goff, I think, is a little bit taller, so he definitely has that big advantage going for him. But honestly, they are kind of similar players. Goff is a little bit more mechanically flawed than Corral. Um, 
Uh, but Corral's ability to process is not quite as good as Goff right now, at least. Okay, could he grow into that? Yes, he absolutely could. But yeah. currently, uh, you know, he's not quite there yet. So uh, Corral, I like a lot of the things that he does. I just need to see, I need to see more. I need to see him do more things. I need to see him be more diverse in the plays he's capable of making before I can really put him above some of these other rookies that I got ranked uh, in the top four. So with that, yeah. let's go to number four. Okay, number four, Sam Howell. University. Oh, and I forgot to ask, um, yeah. what do you think his ceiling is, Corrales? Oh. Yeah, I'd probably say, honestly, not, not all that high. Okay, he doesn't have the physical tools to really make his ceiling high. The mobility is a big plus. But I would say probably around that, maybe Jared Goff in 2019, 2018 type of a thing where, you know, it's good, but he's going to need a lot around him. He's going to need a phenomenal play caller and coach. He's going to need a great running game. He's going to need great receivers for him to, a great offensive line, especially. He's going to definitely need a great offensive line for him to be successful at, uh, at the NFL level. So that's where I go with that. All right, so yeah, like I was kind of saying, Sam Howell, University of North Carolina at number four. Sam Howell, what are the things you like, don't like? Give me your insight on Mr. Howell from UNC. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> he, has, um, he has very good arm talent, but his accuracy leaves somewhat to be desired. Um, another thing I've noticed, just like Corral, um, he runs a lot, of, a lot of RPOs, you know, screens, play actions. But I think Howell is more accurate than Corral for sure. But yeah, I mean, I think his ceiling is a bit higher. I think, um, you know, his running uh, certainly is um, very, very good um, along with his passing production. Yeah, I mean, I will say I think Corral is a little bit more accurate than Howell because Howell has some mechanical things that can cause him to miss an open receiver where I go like, dude, you're just, you're too talented. You're Sam Howell. You're too talented to miss that guy, but he's got big time talent. Okay. I'm not going to take that away from him. He definitely has a ton of talent. His arm strength is phenomenal. Okay. He has an extremely powerful arm. It's arguably as strong as maybe not the top two guys in this draft, but uh, it's arguably as strong as the, the third guy I got ranked here. Um, his size He's short, but like Baker Mayfield, he has that thickness to him to where, unlike a Matt Corral, I look at him and I go, okay, he, I think he'll be able to sustain his ability to stay healthy, his durability. I think that'll translate to the next level. So I'm not too worried about that. I will say the mechanics are a little flawed. Okay, they are. Um, you look at him, one thing I like, okay, clean and smooth to drop. He always has his base underneath him, which is good. There are times, though, when he can stagnate a little bit. Okay, I mentioned this with Desmond Ritter, how he doesn't do that. Howell can stagnate a little bit to where now he's just got to entirely just muscle it up to a receiver and it can turn into an all-upper-body, all-arm type throw, right? So I don't love that. Um, do I think it's correctable? Yes. Okay, with NFL-level coaching, like we saw with Justin Fields, your feet are something that you can correct quite easily um, as long as you're willing to work, and I do think Howell has that going for it. Now, the throwing motion is, it's a little bit elongated, okay? It's a lot like Desmond Ritter in that he can get his body to right around here where the ball can be sometimes above the elbow. It can get into this position at times, which, again, that's just an inefficiency. You're not going to be able to throw from the phone booth NFL pockets as you would if you had a Matt Corral type uh, motion, right, where it's real concise or the, the top three guys who have that extremely concise motion, they're going to be able to throw from NFL pockets without the risk of strip sacks, right? And uh, so that's something Howell definitely needs to clean up. I don't know that that's fixable, though, because I see him do it way too consistently. Like I said with Ritter, it's kind of the essence of his motion, where he can just he can get real long on the take back and then try to bring it back. And the arm angle breaks, too, okay? The arm angle, usually you want to keep it at a consistent like 90 degrees. With Howell, he can bring it back down here. And then when he tries to take it back, his arm can get a little bit longer. And so that's going to lead to in rain, when you're trying to bring the ball back, the ball is going to slip out at times. 
Okay, and any type of weather is going to make it more difficult. And that's something that I do have concern with. Okay, at times he can be a little bit of uh, what I call an over the top grower, where he gets to this position right here, right? And I mean, it's a lot like Jalen Hurts in that you can't be as powerful and accurate when you're throwing from this position right here. Okay, how are you going to get your entire body turned? And like, it's impossible, right? It's impossible to do that when you're throwing from just vertical 180 degree position okay so that's something that he definitely needs to clean up um at times he can step into the bucket right which is essentially like stepping away from your target and that i definitely look at when guys do that and see if they have the talent level to overcome that type of a mechanical flaw okay uh it's one of the reasons i was still high on trevor lawrence last year was because yeah he could you know, throw with people around him. He didn't have to step to his target to be able to fire a ball into a tight window. With Howell, he struggles when he has to, uh, you know, be a little, when he has to throw from a little bit of a different launch point than just the traditional launch point you would throw from with a great pocket, right? So that's a little bit of a concern as well. Um, overall, he does a lot of things that I really do like, okay? He's got big time talent, like I mentioned. It's just that some of the mechanical flaws are a little bit, a little bit too consistent for me to look at them and go, oh, that's going to be a fix, uh, a fixable type thing at, at the next level, even with NFL level coach, right? As far as, uh, let me ask you this then, as far as the ability to process and go through reads, what did you see from him there? Well, I mean, um, you know, I think it could be kind of, just one read and done, you know, I think he drops his eyes a lot, kind of like, you know, another UNC quarterback whom I shall not name for the rest of this podcast. Okay, I like that. <laughs> but yeah, um, and, you know, I think he, he turns down open receivers a lot, kind of. Um, he doesn't really have those anticipate, anticipatory throws um, where you can, you know, get his receiver on the move, you know. Right. Yeah, and it's actually, I'm glad that you mentioned that he turns down open receivers at times, right? I mentioned the mechanical flaws, and that's when I see a guy not necessarily trust in his accuracy, when he sees a guy, ooh, you know, it's a little bit of a tight throw, but it's an NFL throw that you really do have to rip in there. When I see that and he doesn't throw it, that's when I kind of know that, okay, this guy doesn't really trust his arm. Right. That's when you kind of know, okay, this guy, at least, I mean, he's aware, which is a good thing that he has some things to fix, but he doesn't necessarily trust his ability to stick to those principles and maybe even his overall talent. Uh, he doesn't trust to really be able to overcome some of the flaws he has. So that was uh, a big time concern. As far as the processing, you mentioned the RPOs at the beginning. Okay. They did run, run a lot of RPOs. It's a very college offense where it's a lot of like screens and then Let's fake the screen and throw down the sideline on the wheel route from the slot. It's a lot of that to where it's not as diverse of an offense as you're going to see at an NFL level. It's more of a spread type thing, right? Um, so that makes him a little bit more raw. You're going to have to teach him how to get under center and how to go through a bootleg and you know process one to two to three on like a levels read and stuff. You're going to have to teach him how to do that. And again, all of the mental stuff and the feet stuff are teachable, but I go back to the upper body issues and the consistency I see with those issues. And that's where I just look at it and go, I don't know. I don't know if he can fix it. I have to see it to believe it. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's kind of the gist of Sam Howell that I've got so far. We good with so, Sam Howell? Yeah, I'm good with Sam Howell. I think we're going to agree on number three as well. I got, got Carson Strong. Man, <laughs> we got the same four. Yeah, I mean, Carson Strong from uh, Nevada. A lot of good things to like. Did you like him? Did you love him? Where Where did he kind of sit on your Riddick bot uh, ranking <laughs> type of a thing as far as great, good, average, terrible? Where was he? I, I think he has a very good one. I think, um, you know, he's, he's probably the most accurate quarterback in this class, to be honest with you i think his uh, release is good it's very quick uh just like that tom Brady, you know released right. and um 
you know, that's good for NFL windows, not, you know, elongated and um, increasing the possibility for fumbles. And I think um, he can, he can throw like anywhere on the field, pretty much. He can throw deep. He had a uh, five plus yard completions. Um, he can throw short, he can throw medium. And um, yeah, I mean, um, just like Patrick Mahomes or a, a Josh Allen, I think he can carry that load because he had 50 plus dropbacks in uh, six straight games. So I think he can uh, carry uh, a strong load on it, like in, on his shoulders. Um, of course, one thing is the knee issue, but I think, you know, that's uh, not too much of a concern for me. But uh, another thing is uh, his, uh, you know, his mobility. It's, it's not that much, you know. Yeah, and that, that's the big thing. I'm going to flip it here because I got a lot of positives with Carson Strong. I really like Carson Strong. I'm going to start with the negatives. The, the mobility is the big thing, right? He, it's, it's very, very lackluster compared to what you would expect from an average starting quarterback in the NFL, right? I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo's mobility looks like Lamar Jackson compared to, to Carson Strong right here, right? I mean, it's, it's really lumbering. So that is a big thing that really sets a hard cap on his ceiling and just how great he can be. Um, but as far as the other physical tools, okay, would I like him to thicken out a bit? Yes, okay. He has that Desmond Ritter type build where it's around 6'4", 215, 216, somewhere around there. So he definitely has to gain some weight. But again, much like Ritter, I look at his body type and I go, okay, he's going to be able to put on some weight at the NFL level. The size and the height specifically is big, okay? He's six foot four. He can throw with people around him. He can throw over linemen. He has that skill, which is going to prove advantageous at the next level. And the arm strength is phenomenal. It is off the charts, okay? It is mm -hmm. an extremely powerful and explosive arm. And when you pair that up with his mechanics, which, I mean, they're as flawless as Matt Corral's, if you ask me. When you pair that up with his mechanics, I mean, you get probably, like you mentioned, I would say right now, the most accurate quarterback in the draft. Um, and, I mean, he's a big-time talent. I love a lot of what he brings to the table. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, I mean, the mechanics, like I mentioned, there's not much to go through here. They're really flawless. It's a lot of the guy you mentioned, Tom Brady, right? Tom Brady, where the feet are always underneath him, and it's always a good turn of the shoulder. It's always getting to this position right here where the arm consistently stays at that 90 degrees. Okay, it never breaks. It's just always here. So he's going to be able to throw from NFL pockets like a Brady was able to do in you know New England and Tampa Bay for all those years with people around him, guys turning the corner. He's going to be able to step through, roll his shoulders, and then just finish uh, the throw, even with guys barreling down on him. So I love that about him. He is, he always finishes high, and across the body. He generates great opposites in his core, which really allows him to extract every ounce of arm strength and arm power he has. So that's a big thing. And overall, that lends himself to almost being a machine-type thrower, where Every throw is just on the money. It's bullseye, 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 bullseye. And I mean, again, he's the most NFL-ready quarterback in this draft for me. He is. Now, you're going to have to protect him, and you're going to have to get some, some receivers that create, can create separation and uh, a play caller that is really able to maximize what's there as far as the first three progressions because he's not really going to be able to make much happen off schedule. You're going to have to put more around him than the top two guys, but if you're looking for a guy to take over your starting spot instantly and make an impact right on the fly, I mean, Carson Strong is the guy, is the guy you should go for for me. Yeah. Um, you know, he ran an air raid in college. Um, would you say he's like Mac Jones, but without the mobility? And, you know, even Mac Jones didn't, um, I don't think he can carry that much of a load as Carson Strong did in college you know uh i would say mac jones to me has a little, little bit more arm talent he can mac jones had a lot of throws last year where i looked at it and i went the defense won this play but mac just made an unbelievable throw from the pocket or he was able to move right carson strong he's not as great of a mover as mac jones mac jones what he was great at in college too was a guy's barreling down on him let me just move around move in the pocket by some extra time 
and then fire a rifle uh, down the field. And the mobility aspect as well. With Strong, it's more of a lumbering type mobility. With Mac Jones, I mean, he's, a, he's more athletic than people give him credit for, man. He really is. Uh, he's like a 4-8 type runner, which Baker Mayfield ran a 4-8. So he can do some of the bootlegs and stuff that Strong maybe may not necessarily be uh, capable of doing. But outside of those limitations, he's going to be able to take advantage of everything that's there to be had in an offense. And of course, that's big for consistency and reliability at the NFL level, because that's what the NFL is. You got to be able to do well on script and the off script stuff is, is kind of great. Okay. It's important. And it's a big addition if you have it, but the real meat of it is being able to play from the pocket and on script. Yeah. Okay. So we're good with Carson Strong then. Let's move on to the number two guy. The number two guy and the number one guy, I will say, it was a real tight battle. Yeah, for, it's, it's for, really close for me. Yeah, it's, I mean, honestly, it comes down to personal preference. Do you want a guy who is NFL ready, has a star type ceiling, or do you want a guy who's a little bit more raw and, but has, you know, a star to a borderline superstar type, type ceiling, really? It's a preference. It's the situation uh, that you are. Um, are you a team that has everything in place, but it's just the quarterback away? Or are you a team that has a lot of good young pieces and just wants a guy who can maybe raw, be raw and develop with those pieces for a year or two before he really blossoms into a superstar? But with that said, the 1A quarterback in this draft is, for me, Kenny Pickett from the University of Pittsburgh. I really like Kenny Pickett. He was actually initially my number one guy. I bumped him down to number two because the guy I had at number one, uh, like I mentioned, he's more raw, but the flaws I don't look at as being a big hindrance long-term. So give me your evaluation of Kenny Pickett. Yeah, Kenny, I mean, he, he's really accurate. It's, it's easy for him to hit these throws, you know, medium, high, low. It's, it's pretty easy for him. He makes these throws look effortless, you know, but yeah. Um, I think Kenny has a very good size to him. He's 6'3", about, I'd say, 220 pounds, right? Right. And, um, you know, um, I think um, he, he's more NFL-ready for sure. He played in a more NFL-esque offense. Um, yeah, I mean, his, um, his mechanics are, are really good. But um, one thing he could work on is uh, the deep ball, I think, um, you know, he, he kind of elongates that motion and that kind of leads to some inaccurate balls. But um, if he wants to fix that, I don't think that's too hard to fix. I think he, he just needs more touch on that. Um, but yeah, um, there's uh, not much more I can say. I mean, he's a really good quarterback. I, I would have him as my number one, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I definitely see that. Again, it's personal preference here between these top two guys. Both of them are awesome. Both of them are going to translate to the next level. Pick it, like you mentioned. Let's start with the physical tools. Size at 6'3", 220. Uh, he has, I mean, that's big time, okay? And let's just go ahead and say it. I know everybody can count and everybody knows Malik Willis is the number one guy for me. He has that size advantage over Malik Willis, okay? He does. Pickett's size is really damn good. Um, his arm strength is phenomenal okay he's going to be make, able to make every single throw on the football field he's going to be big time as far as a velocity standpoint because he does all the right things to extract as much of that velocity as possible he gets a great turn of the shoulder in right which is big on generating the opposites and he finishes usually with the back of his nameplate towards the target which is big on using every ounce of the hips you got to generate that power generate that torque generate that velocity so pick it Phenomenal physical tools, okay? Now, we look at the mechanical standpoint. Again, his mechanical, his mechanics are really, really good. They just need a little bit of a refinement before they can really become special, okay? And I think he will be able to obtain that refinement at the NFL level. Let's start with kind of, we'll start with the lower body as always, okay? For the most part, he always had, he's always on the balls of his feet. He always has his, feet underneath him, his back leg is underneath his uh, back shoulder, which is big for uh, balance and really being accurate. So that's great. Now, 
at times, can he be a little bit of a long strider? Certainly. Okay, he can. But again, Justin Fields, Josh Allen coming out of college, these guys had that same issue and it didn't prove to be a big hindrance to them at the next level. So that's going to be something that you can fix. Um, his drop back, clean and smooth. I like it. Does it need to be more consistent? Yes. There are times when, you know, especially when he's in gun, he's a guy who's like, he can get the ball and then just stack, right? And you can't do that, okay? Because like I mentioned before, you just got to hustle everything up through the upper body and you're not going to be as consistent and as accurate, okay? But throwing with people around him, he's talented enough to where he doesn't need to step to his target if he's quote-unquote throwing from the trash. You got a D lineman at your feet. He can step over here and throw a 15-yard in cut across the middle into a tight window. He's talented enough to do that. And I mentioned how Sam Howell wasn't necessarily capable of doing that sort of a thing because he didn't have quite the talent. Pickett has that talent. Okay, he's got big time talent. He's a big time player. I really like him. Um, and then we look at just kind of some other upper body stuff. So for the most part, he generates that great torque, like I mentioned. Okay, his front shoulder is always tucked in. So it's always pointed to the target. His hips are closed, which is great until he, of course, has to throw. Um, his arm angle never breaks. He's more of a 135 degree type thrower, right? Because he, with his small hands, of course, which we'll discuss here soon, he grips a big part of the ball for him, at least relative to his hands. And that kind of causes him to throw those perfect spirals that he does to throw from that 135 kind of wide type of an angle, like a Justin Herbert that we see. And as far as the throwing goes, when he can get more refined and he can really make sure to not take that long stride and go through that clean drop consistently and not elongate his arm a little bit too much at times, when he can do that, he can be a poor man's Justin Herbert type thrower. Okay, which I mean, damn, Justin Herbert is awesome. He's one of the, you know, in my opinion, three to five best quarterbacks in the NFL. So for Pickett, a poor man's Justin Herbert is like a top 10 type quarterback. He can be that machine-like thrower that Herbert is. Yeah, definitely. I think also um, he needs to work on, like, you know, not throwing off his back foot as much. I think he needs to work on the deep ball mechanics. That's the, that's the main thing. You know, I think he has the short and intermediate range, but he needs to work on the deep ball. And the deep ball, I almost forgot about that. Yeah, um, he does because his deep balls can be – they can be thrown with too much pace. They lack touch, right? And the way you generate touch on deep balls is, go back to standing here. The way you generate touch on those deep balls is you want to shorten the arm and speed up the body, right? So where he gets into trouble is when he really lets his arm really get long on those deep balls. And now it's just the body. He's not throwing as much with his body. So it comes out almost like a driver and ball. What he needs to work on is really being able to shorten up that arm, right? Make sure that you take some velocity off of that and transfer it to your body. So now it's just, it's more of the, the core that's growing uh, from that standpoint. And it's something that I see it enough to where I know he's capable of doing it. And a coach is just gonna have to stay on him and really make sure he's, he's working at it consistently. And he keeps that as a specific focus each off season to, uh, to make sure that he's able to do it consistently. So. Again, it's something that I would like to have seen more of in college, but I know, I, I think he'll be able to pick that up at the next level. Yeah, I agree. He needs more coordination, definitely. Right. Exactly. Now it's a big question, okay? Hand size. How much do you factor in Kenny Pickett's hand size into this evaluation? Um, I, I mean, that's, I don't think it's really that important because, I mean, it, it's 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 not really that important. I mean, um, I mean, I wouldn't really factor it that much into my evaluation. If if he fails, it it won't be because of that. It will be because of the deep ball, and you know he won't get proper coaching. I, I don't think it's because of the hand size. Exactly. If he if he does not succeed, it won't because be because of his hand. Okay. First off, people get so concerned about the glove. Okay, and I want to go like. Are you not allowed to wear gloves at the NFL level? Teddy Bridgewater wears gloves. And you're allowed to wear gloves. So what's the big problem here? That, that kind of confuses me a little bit. Um, maybe there's a valid explanation for it. I don't know. But 
again, guys in the NFL, they it's turning into more of like a small grip type of a league where you've got guys like Patrick Mahomes who literally put like a pinky on the ball, if you can see that there. And I mean, they're able to throw perfect spirals with it, and so they're good. Right, Pickett, I was checking out his grip actually a little bit. He is a one and three guy, which means that ring finger is on one, the pinky is on three. Okay, so you can really see it's that upper part of the ball that he's able to grip. And I mean, you're still able to throw perfect spirals with it. It actually allows you to have the ball be even more, kind of get more RPMs on it, okay, which will allow him to cut it through weather and anything, any type of elements that he plays in. And it allows you to throw the ball farther because the ball almost feels like a baseball in your hand. Now, it's yeah. uncomfortable for me. Um, I'm more of like a, you know, a two and under four guy, just, you know, for reference. But I mean, hey, I also I also think I got bigger hands than Kenny Pickett. So, I mean, <laughs> hand size is overrated. Okay, hand size is overrated. I don't give a damn if you got baby size. Well, okay, baby size hands, I probably would give a damn. But again, eight and a half inches, he'll be fine. I'm not worried about Kenny Pickett's hand size. Yeah, true. All right. But, so, I mean, you got bigger hands, so you could maybe be an NFL quarterback, you know? <laughs> I don't have the arm strength. I don't have the, I think I got the height. I don't have the arm strength. I don't have the arm talent. I don't have like the ability to not be terrified when I got 335 pound D lineman rushing at me. <laughs> I don't have any of those things, but you don't have the weight. <laughs> I don't have the weight. Yeah, I got, I got a lot of work to do before I can get to that level. Yeah, maybe 10 years. <laughs> yeah, maybe 10, 15 years. But by then, I'll lose the mobility. I'll be like a complete statue, like Nick Foles. Like Carson Strong. Like Carson Strong <laughs> at that point might be more athletic than me. Me in 10 years with all like the dad bod weight that I'm probably going to gain. Carson Strong's going to be way more athletic than me. But uh, yeah, number one guy, <laughs> last guy we got on here. My 1A guy, Malik Willis. Right, Malik Willis. Um, evaluation on Malik Willis, go. Yeah, well, obviously, dual threat quarterback. That's number one. Amazing dual threat quarterback. He's uh, tough, like Justin Fields. He can hang tough in the pocket, take hits. Um, you know, the size is, I mean, it's not really that concerning. I think he can bulk up. 6'1 isn't too bad. It's it's decent size. But 215 pounds, I think he has to bulk up maybe a little more. But it's it's a good starting point for sure. I think he has a great, a great speed burst. Um, he's fast. Um, he can change directions quickly. Um, I mean, he's he can he can move. He can he can um, throw on the run, you know, and um, he he can um, like he he's his arm strength is is quite underrated. I think um, I, I I read a, a tweet that said he he threw the ball sixty plus yards or something. So yeah. Um, he can put excellence up on the ball. Um, his angles are good. But I think one thing I will say is that he, he tries to do too much. Uh, a bit uh, at, at times, he tries to do too much, like Justin Fields last year. But um, I think that's an easy fix. I mean, that's not too much of a concern for me. I think he's more raw in that aspect. Right. But, but yeah, I think he's a very good quarterback in this draft. Yeah, so the rawness, okay? I would actually recommend that he goes to a place where he can sit for a year so that he can kind of just really work on his game and not be overloaded with like, oh, now I got these big 350-pound dudes, not just 320-pound dudes like I had at Liberty. I got 350-pound dudes barreling down on me, and the windows are extremely tight, and everything is so fast here, right? I don't really think that's the best situation for him to go in and start right away. I think he's a guy where if you have, if you give him a year to sit and just work on his game with a competent quarterbacks coach, he's going to be able to iron out some of those mechanical flaws. And we'll get to that in a little bit. The physical tools, okay? Personally, his size and his thickness, I disagree with you in that I think it's it's really, really special and phenomenal, okay? I mean, his legs, his his legs, his butt, his upper body, everything is just, it's, there is exceptional power and explosion and just strength in all of those aspects, right? And it's different from a Matt Corral in that he's built like a tank, right? 
much like Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson, who was actually the guy I got him compared to, a poor man's Russell Wilson, much like those guys, I mean, he's going to be able to take the pounding at the NFL level. Will he struggle with, at times, you know, the lack of height when the pocket collapses in on him? Will he struggle with that? Yeah, he will. But, I mean, Kyler and Russ struggle with that. And they're, I mean, they're, they've carved out some pretty damn good NFL careers, at least up to this point, for both of them. So I don't look at that as too big of an issue. Okay. He, unlike Kenny Pickett right now, he is capable of throwing with touch. Um, the decision-making stuff, like you mentioned, kind of doing too much at times. I can teach a guy when to let a play die versus when to keep the play alive and, you know, buy a little bit more time. I can teach a guy when to do those two different things. We saw it with Josh Allen. Josh Allen played a ton of hero ball coming out of Wyoming where it was just like, nothing's there. Okay, let me scramble to one side. Okay, let me break a couple tackles, scramble to the other side. Okay, let me go run for five yards, which, you know, at the NFL level, you got to know the difference, the fine line between let me throw the ball away and let me buy some more time. I can, I think I can teach Malik Willis how to do that. Not me, but, but an NFL organization. Yeah, go but ahead. You can't teach, um, you can't teach the, you know, mechanics as much, right? Exactly, right. You can't teach the mechanics. You can't, you can't teach the talent. You can't teach the top end talent that he has. Okay. Yeah. He's capable of being a borderline superstar because of the strength of his arm and the athleticism, which uh, it's, it's really, really damn good athleticism. Is it quite the athleticism that everybody I think makes it out to be? No. Okay. If you're asking me like one of the, I'm going to sound like a hater here, but I don't think he's quite as athletic as everybody makes him out to be. I don't think he has twitchiness and the ability to make people miss in close quarters that a Russell Wilson does. I don't think he has the straight line speed that Kyler Murray does, right? So I think that's a little bit overrated, but it's still damn good to where he's going to be able to make that work at the NFL level, okay? He's still an exceptional athlete compared to the average NFL quarterback. The mechanics, a couple things here. I'm going to go into a little bit more detail about Malik Willis because he is the most mechanically consistent, but of his flaws, they're a little bit more widespread. He can be a little bit more all over the place, right? So the first thing is with the feet, okay? He's really got to work on his feet, okay? I will say that. He can be a long strider at times. He can step into the bucket. He can go from short to wide on his throws. He can get his balance all off sorts by leaving his, uh, his back leg outside of the framework of the body. He can be a little bit all over the place with his lower body, but again, lower body, that's very fixable at the NFL level. Okay, so I'm not too worried about that. The upper body, okay, the arm angle. It's, the, it's a 90 degree arm angle. He always generates great shoulder turn. The arm angle for the most part stays at that 90 degrees. It never really breaks. Now, there are times when he can get to this 90 and then just break back to like a 120 or a 130. And that I don't love, but it goes into kind of another thing that I see with Malik Willis, which is the arm flexibility, okay? He can throw from a variety of different launch points. It's certainly more than any of the other launch points that the other five guys can, can throw from here in this draft. And so he's going to be able to throw a lot. He's going to be able to make some of those similar Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen type throws where his body is off kilter, but he's still able to, to generate the power from the odd angle. Uh, and make a big time throw. He's going to be able to do that at the next level. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Um, at times, his arm can be a little bit of that independent contractor where his body locks out and he's just, man, I'm so talented. I can just muscle it up through an all arm. Uh, the arm strength to do it. I can, I'm talented enough to fit it into a tight window with perfect accuracy. That can be a flaw of his at times, certainly. But Again, these things aren't consistent enough to where I look at them and I go, they're unfixable. Okay, no, they, I see him do things the right way enough to where I look at it and I go, after a year, maybe two years at most, he'll be able to iron out these flaws and really become a machine that I think Kenny Pickett will be, that I think Carson Strong already is. Right? He'll be able to get to that level of just being a machine like thrower. And that, Coupled with the physical tools, which give him the highest ceiling in the draft. That's, for the most part, why I got him at number one. Uh, again, very close between him and Kenny Pickett. Both are awesome. 
but I just give Willis a hair of an advantage just yeah. because I think his ceiling is a little bit higher. Very high ceiling, very high floor as well. Right. And uh, as far as the ability to process, there's been a lot made out of that aspect of his game. What did you kind of see there? Um, processing. Well, I think Willis kind of, you know, should be mindful of stepping up in the pocket uh, rather than, you know, trying to make a hero play or uh, doing something like that because uh, he'll try to kind of make the make life more difficult on himself, you know, because he'll try he'll try to like because he has all this he has all these arm angles. So right. he'll try to, you know, just throw the ball in a tight window, even though it's not open, which is some kind of a problem. But you can you, know, you can fix that. You can fix that more so than mechanics, of, of course. So, um, yeah, that's something for him to work on for sure. Um, other than that, I mean, his arm talent is exceptional, of course. I think he's great uh, all around. Yeah, he's, he's a terrific prospect. I will say about that, that quote-unquote processor, it's a lot better than people give it credit for, I think. Okay, there are times where I look at him where he consistently goes from one to two to three, back to one, and then he scrambles out. Can I make anything happen? No, no, let me try to buy a little bit more time. Okay, let me go and take off and get 12 yards. There's a lot of that where he is being the pocket passer going through his progressions now. Like Matthew Stafford in this, in this recent playoffs. Exactly, right. There's a lot of that. Now, are there times when he can lock onto that first read? Yes, okay, much like his mechanics, it's going to require a little bit of refinement, but I know he's capable of doing it. Okay, I mentioned with Matt Corral how he can lock on his first read, and I'm really not sure if he's capable of getting past that first read. With Willis, I have seen it enough to know, yes, he is definitely capable of getting past that first read. He's going to be able to do that. If you just refine it a little, give him a little bit of, uh, of work with the competent NFL, NFL coach, quarterback's coach, He's going to be just fine with that aspect. And really, I mean, with all aspects of his game, there's not a lot to dislike about this kid, especially when you think about what could be at the next level. Definitely. And, you know, I hope all these guys have great careers. And uh, I think especially the top two, the, those guys are special. Yeah. All these I mean, guys are could be special. Right. If you're asking me to rank kind of based on classes where – I would put these guys, I'd probably put, I'd probably put Ritter and Corral together in one class. Mm -hmm. I'd put Howell in another class by himself. I'd put Strong in a class by himself. And then I have Pickett and Willis, just those two in, uh, in the top class. Both of those, I think, can be top 10 type quarterbacks. Quarterback comparisons for, uh, for Willis, I got poor man's Russell Wilson, which is, you know, a top eight, nine type quarterback in the NFL. Um, for Kenny Pickett, I got Derek Carr. Okay, Derek Carr, people, I mean, I don't understand a lot of the hate that's out there for Derek Carr. Derek Carr's a damn good quarterback, man. He's a really a damn good quarterback. He's a great leader. He took that Raiders team, which had a ton of just things they had to battle through all year long. He took them to the playoffs. He was exceptional all year. He was great in the playoff game. Like, he is a big-time quarterback, okay? He yeah. is a top-ten type quarterback to where you're going to have some GMs look at him and go, ooh, I think that guy's the eighth-best quarterback or the tenth-best quarterback or the eleventh or the twelfth or the ninth. You're going to have kind of in that range. I mean, he's awesome. So, can he pick it? Can be that type of a player? I think he will be that type of a player. And I think that type of a player is going to be a damn good player with a damn good NFL career. I agree. Okay, so with that being said, we'll wrap this thing up. That's our top six quarterbacks in this 2022 NFL draft class. We'll have another positional group coming out next week. What will it be? I don't know. Probably wide receiver, but there's so many freaking wide receivers. Who? Bo Melton. I've never heard of that guy. See, that's that's the thing. I've watched like the top eight receivers in this draft. Your Garrett Wilson's, Alave's, London's. That sort of a thing. I got to get to some of those lower guys. There's so many talented receivers nowadays. I mean, the Bears at pick 39 were Bears fans. Yeah. I think they're going to have a pick of the litter of receivers to pair up with Justin Fields. Yeah. I mean, Bo Melton is blazing fast. 4-3. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I got to check that guy out. He was big time. 
It was a good long time Darnell Mooney, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Make ourselves a little bit of a Chiefs team, superstar quarterback, plus a ton of speed. We need that number one receiver, though. And the offensive line. Yeah. And the play caller. <laughs> which, well, let, I mean, let's I, see how Luke uh, gets right. to this. Let's see how Luke gets to this. I have trust in him. Comes from the Packers. They've had a terrific offense, terrific scheme over the past three years since LaFleur has been there. So I'm excited. It's a great time to be a Bears fan. Great time to be an NFL fan. Great time to be a fan of anybody who gets any of these six quarterbacks, particularly the top three. So with that being said, thank you for listening to this episode of the Bears Review Show. A little bit of a thing at the end. I have actually started writing for SB Nation. So if you are listening to this podcast from that article, that will probably be going up and then maybe Saturday, Sunday, we'll see. Who knows? If you're listening from that, go follow me at r underscore Ramachandran1 on Twitter. Okay. I post a ton of just Bears content, NFL content. I'll have a ton of draft stuff coming out. I post the occasional tweet about other things in my life, movies, weightlifting, basketball, whatever, whatever I'm doing <laughs> at that moment. So be sure to go follow me there. Um, and yeah, this is the Bears Review Show signing off. We'll see you next week with probably the receiver. Good day, Chicago, and good mental health. Peace.